morning. It is good to spend a little time with you again on this Thursday morning to have a psalm meditation. And uh, I was just looking at my calendar here while I was uh, preparing this morning. And um, we are 108 days already into 2020. There is 258 days left of the year. Boy, it seems like time is going so fast. But man, hasn't things changed a lot this year? Wow, what a what a time this has been. And uh, what I've enjoyed during this time, really in a chance to stop and sit back um, and kind of just meditate on the truths of God's word um, differently because of the circumstances and things around us. And uh, I, I was drawn to, in my meditations, to Psalm 16. I want to invite you to turn there for a moment. And uh, I hope you have your cup of coffee this morning. Some of you may have a, a you know, a doctored up cup of coffee, but have something good, a hot chocolate or something to sit with and, and enjoy. Um, I, I've kind of mixed. I know I joke with the guys about their coffee. I, I kind of mix between uh, my honey water and cappuccino, but um, I had a cappuccino this morning, like, like a good cup of coffee. But here's a question that kind of come, I'm leading to something here. Is, in your mind, is seeking pleasure uh, wrong? Uh, is, is, is it wrong to be a joy seeker? Is seeking pleasure wrong? Is pleasure wrong? Something to think about. Does God, because I think sometimes when we, we think about, um, I think wrongly, we sometimes think about Christianity in a mindset of very sober, somber type of a thing, always serious. Um, but does Christianity have a different perspective? Does the Bible paint it differently? The Bible talks about that a a merry heart does good like a medicine. Uh, The Bible talks a lot about joy. Um, And and if it's good to seek pleasure, what should it be? Um, How should we seek pleasure? And um, I was thinking that through because I think... um, I think Satan and and has done a good job of slandering God's name and purposes to make it seem as if God is a killjoy, and that uh, that He just forbids things because He doesn't want us to enjoy it. So we don't get to do these things, and it's a totally wrong perspective. God prohibits things or forbids things because He has a better good in mind, and um, and so, anyways, I, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about. Um, you know, the Westminster Catechism, what's the chief end of man to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, John Piper even has kind of coined a term uh, that in some books I've read called Christian hedonism, which has the mindset that, that the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. And this Christian hedonism is that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And, you know, I've been amazed as just with talking to different people and reflecting on my own experience of these last, I don't know, how, how many weeks have we been in this coronavirus thing, three to four weeks, um, just how it's made me pause differently, uh, made me kind of evaluate things differently. And I've talked to people that have sensed the same thing of, of just being able to meditate on God in a little bit different way and and spend time with Him, 
And, and, and these psalms have been part of that. And so I had been reading through the minor prophets and doing a study through that. And then during this time, I jumped back into here, into the psalms. And on one of the psalms that I got into is this psalm, Psalm 16. And I decided I would memorize a, a verse out of this. And so I kind of highlighted the key verse is Psalm, uh, is, is verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And, and what I did when I wrote that down on the three by five card I was using to memorize, I underlined three words. And, and I want you to maybe even do this in your Bibles. Notice the words life, joy, and pleasures. And to think about that, this has been encouraging to me as I've meditated on this. That God wants me, God wants you to live life experiencing these three to the fullest. He wants you to have the fullness of life, fullness of joy, the fullness of pleasures. And so I just want to expand on that idea of, to use Piper's term, Christian hedonism or life, joy, and pleasure, pleasures are found in him. And the Bible draws us to that. I mean, we even saw that earlier in our one psalm that we did, Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and I think that reality has stuck with me more during this time right now that it makes us say, Hey, you could strip away. You could strip away my ability to go out to eat as much. You can strip away my ability to do sports, which I love as much. You can strip away some of these other things, and that can't take my joy. In fact, I think it's even increased right now because I've just enjoyed being able to meditate on God more. Because it's, it's, it's I think, strengthened, and this has been good for me, but it ought to strengthen our reality that our pleasure, our joy, our life is best in him. That's his desire. And so Psalm 16 kind of lines that out for us. And um, and I would encourage you to, to, to underline those words in there as well. Um, and, and so Kiel and Delich in their commentary, let me just read a, a comment on this. They write about Psalm 16. He, they write their reigns, Kiel and Delich, by the way, are two different guys, uh, Uh, German um, theologians, and it says, There reigns in the whole psalm a settled calm, an inward joy and joyous confidence, which is certain that everything that it can desire for the present and for the future, it possesses in its God. That's the whole basis of the psalm. And so David writes this psalm. um, It says a mictum of David in the inscription we aren't exactly sure what a mictum is. Um, it, no one really knows. Um, it, it could be derived from the word meaning to hide, speaking of spiritual depth, uh, to these truths unimaginable. Um, it, it could mean to, to cut or to engrave or to write. Um, you know, so we aren't exactly sure. But I noticed several things. I'm going to kind of just ping through this pretty quickly. Uh, I noticed several things that... This that David highlights, and the first one is that Lord, is, the Lord is our secure refuge. Verse one: Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. He recognized God. No matter what's going on, you're my refuge. Watch over me. I'm going to find my security in you. 
Um, I, I see that in so many different places throughout the scriptures of our, our, our refuge and strength that God is for us. Um, we see it in Psalm 18. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my, strong, my stronghold. You know, we see over and over again this, this truth of that God is a secure refuge in these times. Secondly, David points out the Lord is our supreme good. Verse 2, O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my God. My goodness is nothing apart from you. Uh, it has the idea here, as the New American Center puts it, that I have no good beside you. Uh, I think it reminds me of Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like, what else could we want in regarding things that are good outside of God? You know, sure, we like being outdoors. Sure, we like a, a nice uh, a nice warm day and be able to see the beauty of that. But doesn't that all come from God? Don't we see the God's reflection uh, in all of that? Um, you know, that's why I think say, Psalm 73, Whom have I in heaven but you, and there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. Um, it, it's, it's, that's the idea. Um, C.S. Lewis stated this way, He who has God and everything else, has no more than he who has God only. Now think about that statement. He who has God and everything else has no more than he who has God only. If you have God, that's all you need. There is nothing else you need. He is our supreme good and everything that we desire. And out of that comes joy. Um, And that's why I think... When you study throughout the, the Bible and you see men like, like Paul, Paul who's writing from prison cells and he's saying rejoice evermore. Um, you know, he talks about joy, uh, you know, constantly in his epistles that he's writing from chains. And, you know, there is a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory uh, that we see Peter talk about uh, in First Peter 1 that we saw on, on Sunday. So, the Lord is our secure refuge. He's our supreme good. Verses 3 and 4 highlights that the Lord uh, is the focus of, of the saints of God and, and their delight. He, he kind, of, um, kind of makes a contrast. He talks about, as for the saints, if that's who you love to be with, the, the believers, the, the chosen ones of God, they're the excellent ones in whom is all my delight, in contrast to those who are the wicked and they have rather sorrows. And their sorrows will be multiplied. And he, he's highlighting that, man, when I, when I find my, my uh, satisfaction in God and his people, um, I, there, is, there is a great delight. And I think that's been one of the challenges of this time is not being able to be around the people of God the same. Because there is a deep delight in the people of God gathering together. God made us for that. And, uh, and so... I, I think as much as this has been, there has been some, you know, interesting parts to this uh, stay-at-home orders and uh, the quarantining and those things that I, in some ways I have relished and enjoyed the, the, the being able to focus on the Lord differently. But I deeply miss the fellowship of the saints of God, and we ought to. And so it ought not be that when this quarantine is lifted that we were satisfied in doing virtual church. We 
should be seeking the saints. Then David moves on, verses 5 and 6. The Lord is a secure and good inheritance. He's going to talk about our our inheritance being in him. Our counselor in verse 7. You know, God is is our, I will bless the Lord has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the right seasons. There is just a uh, a spiritual instinct that he has from walking with God and his word. And um, and the Lord is our secure eternal hope uh, in verses 8 through 10. But then it comes back to, I just want to kind of highlight this again in verse 11. You, who, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. God wants to be the source of your joy. He, he wants to be the joy in your life. Um, and I think about that, and I was just talking with somebody just today, and we were looking at Matthew 24 and 25 together, and the parable there in Matthew 25 uh, of the talents, and the, the one who's you know, being praised by God for using his talents well, and, and God tells him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in little things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. God wants that joy. Uh, he talks about, um, you know, that to, to remain in a fellowship with God in John 15, abide in me and, and in my love and in my Father's love, that your joy may be full. First John 1, these things we write to you, that your joy may be full of a presence with God. God wants you today to walk in joy, to have ultimate pleasures, to have ultimate the fullness of life, and the source of that does not come in money. It doesn't come in anything else. Um, it, it comes in from God. And even our, our work that we find joy in is a source of a gift from God. Our family that we find joy in is a gift from God. And the more we, uh, th- that we just recognize these are from God as sources of joy. C.S. Lewis, I'm going to finish with this conclusion, but he writes this. He said, We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. We should be, that's end quote, but we should be just enjoying those pleasures forevermore. Uh, I just want you to encourage that. Maybe memorize verse 11. Let that sink in. God is our joy. Uh, He wants to be our source of joy and pleasure and uh, just to drink deeply uh, in him. Let's pray there. Father, thank you for uh, just the fact that you are a God who allows us to come near and, and you love to pour out lavishly on your children that joy and those pleasures and the fullness of life. And I pray that we would just grasp that to the fullest and that we would delight in you today. Help us just to see you in everything around us. May we see your fingerprints. May we see your, your, your hand in everything in our lives and just have a deep walk with you. Thank you for being our God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, have a wonderful day. Have a joy-filled, pleasure-filled day.